Hello and welcome to another episode of the African Five-A-Side podcast. Uh, we're continuing to preview the African national teams ahead of the 2023 African Cup of Nations. And today I have with me a very good friend of mine, a Tunisian colleague, uh, Arafat Hamrouni, who works for uh, Foot24.tn. Uh, he's a journalist that I've met at African Cup of Nations before and that I know uh, knows a lot about the Tunisian national team. So I'm very, very happy to have him with me. Uh, out of fact, we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to start with something that I like to call the State of the Union, meaning what is the state of the Tunisian national team and the supporters right now, just a few days before uh, the African Cup of Nations? Are they confident? Are they sad? And how has the last six months to one year been in terms of results? Okay, so, um, first of all, I'm, I'm so happy being here uh, with you. We used to have lots of uh, chats and talks. But it's the first, uh, let's see, the first recorded chat. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, about the Tunisian national team. So now, actually, the the supporters are divided between uh, confident supporters and pessimist supporters because you know uh, we've been waiting for for this Afcon, the last edition. Uh, we've been uh, out from the uh, quarterfinals maximum, except. The uh, 2019 edition, where we where we went to the semi-final and lost the, uh, the third place after against uh, Nigeria. So um, 2024 uh, marks 20 years, 20 years before, uh, 20 years after the uh, the only cup we won in uh, in 20 uh, in 2004 in Tunisia. So uh, many many supporters are waiting for this second title. The confident supporters uh, think that we have a good squad. We all know that in Tunisia we don't have big stars, we don't have Salah, we don't have Mahrez, we don't have those stars, but we have a good team, a good team who works together. And uh, I think that Tunisia can make it to the semi-final at least. And the, the national team uh, coach said at the press conference that the objective and the target is to go to the semi-finals and then we can negotiate uh, the semi-finals and finals. Uh, the semi-final and final. Um, there is also pessimist supporters who see that uh, Tunisia can't make it to the semi-final because of many problems have been uh, have been happening in, this, in the last six months. Let's say uh, many players have left the uh, the national team. A new generation is, is coming up. So uh, many supporters think that maybe we can do it one day, but not in uh, in Ivory Coast, not uh, this year. And the list has so come let's out. See, it's it's 50-50. Right. And, and the list has come out. And some, I mean, just talking about team news, some unexpected, I think, omissions. Uh, a player like Hannibal Mejbri, for example, is somebody that I think many people are waiting to see at the AFCON. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Mohamed Drager is also uh, not in the list. Uh, can you explain yes. what's happening here? Why are players like this who have been at certain points in the, in the last 12 to 18 months been pretty important or have played a lot of matches for the Tunisian national team. Why are they not included for Tunisia? Well, for Hannibal Mejbri, uh, Hannibal said to the uh, to the coach that he wants to focus on uh, on the offers he, he has. We all know that he's not playing um, a big amount of time with Manchester United team, so he has to leave. And I think, and I, I, I and I said it before, he's, he's losing his time at Manchester United. He has to leave. He has to experience new teams, new leagues, maybe. So uh, now he has three offers from Sevilla, from uh, from Freiburg, and from Olympique uh, Lyonnais. 
um, three offers for loan. And I think that if a team wants a player for loan, it's logic to tell him that, okay, you are coming for a loan. It's six months or five months. So we cannot lose uh, one month and a half or two months. Uh, you are playing with the national team and uh, and we want to uh, won't have you uh, in the squad. So Hanabal wants to stay and wants to focus on his uh, on his future at the uh, at the winter transfer window. So uh, he's out of Manchester United actually now uh, for loan and he wants to focus on that. Drager he's not playing uh, so many matches. He's not performing and uh, by the other side we have. At his uh, at his posi- uh, position as uh, as a right back, we have good players. Kishrida is playing a lot of matches. We have also Jan Valery, Angers uh, play, uh, player, and we also have other uh, right backs. We have also Zaluni, who is a local right back, who is doing great this season. He's young. So uh, there are many alternatives at, uh, at this position. So that if you don't perform with your team, uh, automatically you will lose your, uh, your place at the national team. And that's what happened to 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 Dragon. Uh, also, there's uh, Elias Saad who plays uh, in in San Pauli, in the second division in Germany. So the player before he refused the national team, he refused to come at the last matches. So as uh, as a decision of the of the federation board, he were excluded from the uh, from the national team for this Afcon. So these are the three names who are uh, kind of polemic a little bit. And the final uh, part about, you know, in this section that I want to talk about is Tunisia as a national team. Um, When I talk to other colleagues on the continent, I mean, we look at some of the countries, we look at South Africa and the amount of, you know, their economy, the the population, we look at Egypt and their economy, the population, even your neighbors, you know, countries or North African uh, countries like uh, Morocco, Algeria. We're talking about 40 million people, 50 million people. Egypt is more than 100 million people. Ethiopia is so many. Tunisia, 12 million people, maybe 15. Let's push it to 15. Uh, economically, not one of the strongest economies on the continent. Not not one of the poorest countries on the continent, but not one of the strongest as well. Uh, the sporting infrastructure, again, compared to some of these countries that are building crazy infrastructure, yes. like you know, is not exactly at the same level as well. How do we explain? That the Tunisian national team and Tunisian sports in general, but the Tunisian national team has not missed an African Cup of Nations since 1994, and they continue to be so consistent when they perform. I, I will say that Tunisia is the the Uruguay of the African uh, country. You know, Uruguay is three million people, but they are doing great. Uh, we have in Tunisia we love football, and uh, in my job I have the chance to to kind of travel. And doing the, the the trip in 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 many cities in Tunisia and in every city, I have the same uh, centers. For example, if you go to Bizert, which is a coast city, they tell you we have the uh, the sea, we have the fish, and we have football. If you go to to Gebes, which is a kind of Saharan city, they will tell you we have the Sahara and we have football. So the Tunisian uh, has the football in his in, the, in his blood. It's that kind of in his ADN. And we've uh, uh, we've got kind of tradition in these sports, and in many sports. Uh, if if you talk, if you talk, for example, about handball, we are the most titled uh, national team in Africa. Uh, we are African champion in uh, in basketball. We are we were also African champions in in volleyball. We have the first ranked in taekwondo. We have Onjebel, which is which is a who is a sixth in the world in tennis. 
So we have the tradition of, of sports, of many sports, not only football, but as football is the sport, uh, is the most popular sport here in Tunisia. So we have a kind of good and big base of players. Uh, if you go to the, the cities in many, in many cities in Tunisia, you will find uh, kids playing football. Even Very now, good. Uh, even now, at the time of PlayStation, at the time of Netflix, you find uh, kids playing football. And, and I think that this ADN and those traditions um, is kind of like uh, the angel who saves you every time, you see? So every time uh, we are saying that Tunisia has not a good team, we, we have not good infrastructure, we have not good stations. Every time that angel, the tradition, the ADN of football in Tunisia saves us and we go to the AFCON and we perform at the AFCON. It's absolutely fascinating. I remember one time I went to Tbarqa, a small coastal city uh, for, for vacation. It was mostly in a hotel resort. But one time I left and I, I saw a cage and people were playing football, young kids. I was young at the time. I was maybe 15, 16, but I've never seen such technical street football in my life until this day. I think the, maybe they may have been professional or semi-professional or something like that, but they were the highest level amateur football I've seen. But let's move and, on quickly. And, yeah. and excuse me, and excuse me, I tell you something. Libya also has uh, had the same tradition. Very, very good. But yes, yes they are technically great and, and even uh, better than us. But other, maybe other circumstances, other uh, parameters, let's see, let's say, have kind of limited their participation at the, at the African uh, Deputations in general. Very good. Okay, so let's move on to the next section. I like to call uh, touchline tactics. Uh, we're going to take a look at the tactics and the profile of the coach. The coach is Jalal Qadri. Before him, yes. we had Mundar Kbeir. He was Mundar Kbeir's assistant coach. Uh, before exactly. that, we had some, you know, uh, Nabil Ma'lul, but before that, we had some European coaches who, with a lot of experience, Alan Giras, Henry Kasperzak. Let's talk about Jalal Qadri. Um, First of all, can you explain like where he came from? Does he have like a, a big coaching CV? And number two, what are Tunisians' opinions of him? And number three, does he what does he have specific tactics that he likes to use, or does he have a coaching style? Okay, so Jalal Qadri was a kind of surprise to the Tunisians because at the last edition of the African national team, we all remember the COVID issue. So uh, Jalal Qadri was, uh, was the assistant of Mondar Kbair, who has a good CV. He trained uh, at Club Africa, Esperance, Etoile du Sahel. These are big teams in Tunisia, very kind of the top four of Tunisia. But Jalal Qadri, uh, in his CV, has not trained big teams. So maybe the biggest team who has trained is Stade Tunisia, which is a mid-table team. And he wasn't a great player. He wasn't a legend in football in Tunisia. So he was there as assistant, He's do, he, he was doing his job, and uh, the supporters and the Tunisians were, were complaining about the tactics of Jal Qadri, uh, of, uh, of Mondar Kbair, and then came the COVID. Uh, Mondar Kbair caught the COVID, and he, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, assist to the Nigeria match, I think. Yes, Nigeria match. And uh, there was Jal Qadri, and he changed the tactics, and we won the match. And we only remember Nigeria as the last edition of the of the Afcon. They were uh, they were yeah. big in the group stages. Everybody was expecting them to, to go some go yes. very far after their performance. Yeah. Exactly, everyone was was expecting Nigeria to go uh, to go so far at this competition. So we won against Nigeria and sent them 
okay, everyone thinks that Jal Qadri maybe can be uh, the right man at the right place. So, you know, um, nowadays, uh, Meher, you don't need to have a big CV to train even a national, a national team. We've seen this uh, in many, many national teams, big national teams. Southgate is the uh, the national coach of, of England, uh, you see, and many examples. So Jalil Qadri has not uh, have a big CV, but uh, he had uh, the chance to train the national team. And every time the supporters saying, ah, it's time to leave and stuff, oh, he wins matches and he qualify with the national team. And here we're talking about the angel who save us every time. So uh, this angel is also saving Jalil Qadri every time. Jalil Qadri is kind of defensive, uh, defensive uh, coach. So... And I think that the, the strength of this national team is defense. Uh, we don't concede many goals. And the times when we uh, when we try to play offensive way, we lost by huge scores. We lost five against Brazil. We lost four against South Korea and two against uh, Japan. So I think that Jalil Qadri learned that Tunisia is, uh, is made for defense. <laughs> We're made for defense. We have to keep our nets clean and then maybe we can uh, go and score that goal or maybe two goals with Msekni, with Ashuri, with kind of technical players who are at the uh, at the attacking line. So Jal Qadri is defensive coach and he has to uh, to save this tradition for Tunisian team. Many Tunisians are against this coach for many reasons. Uh, in Tunisia, we say that Tunisians, uh, they don't shine uh, on the local uh, coaches and that's true. When you're a local coach, you have a double pressure than the uh, than the other coach who who's coming from France or Italy or or whatever. Um, so um, let's see, let's see what we can uh, what we can do at this Afcon, and then we will uh, we will see if Jalil Qadri stays or not. We know we all we all know that if if we fail this African Cup, Jalil Qadri will leave, and we all know with the issues of the federation now. Um, the the president of the uh, the Tunisian Federation of Football is actually in jail, so we are expecting to see maybe a new president in the next uh, few months. And you know, new president and uh, and new executive committee brings generally with uh, with him a new coach. So let's wait and see. Jal Qadri has not have a good CV, a big CV, but every time uh, we, we are saying that he has to leave, he wins matches. He qualifies. We don't know uh, how. Uh, we really don't know how. Against Mali, for example, at the at the uh, at the World Cup, we qualified for an own goal. So you see, it's it was one nil and uh, nil nil. So uh, let's see if the Angel saves Jalal Qadri this uh, African uh, African uh, Cup or not. We are waiting. Huh? And, and now we're going to move from the touchline. That was very informative. Thank you. But from the touchline tactics to uh, the probable 11. I know Jalal Qadri, if I'm not mistaken, has used a few different formations. Do you think there's one specific formation that he's going to use? And it seems like Tunisia uses, you know, not just 11 players, maybe, you know, 14, 15 players. But oh, if you can yes. pick maybe 11, uh, approximately, of the probable 11, how do you think uh, yes. Tunisia will play, for example, in their first match? Okay. So, first of all, we have to, we have to know that playing... At the, for example, World Cup is different from playing at the at the Africa Cup. At the World Cup, you are you are let's say uh, not the biggest team in the group stage. At the Africa Cup, it's the opposite. You are kind of one of the favorite team. So uh, from the three 
defenders who were playing at the at the World Cup. Now we will see four defenders. So it will be 4-3-3. Okay. So um probably there will be Bashir bin Said as the first goalkeeper. Uh we have Talbi and Mirah who were um, playing at the let's say two years uh, at every national team match. So they will keep playing. At uh, as a right back we will have Kishrida and as a left back maybe we will have Ali Marul as he's performing uh, with uh, with Ahli team uh, the Ahli legend. But uh, for Jalal Qadri at the last matches uh, they were Ali Ali Abdi who, who were the the first uh, left uh, back. So at the midfield we have for sure we have uh, the duo the Bundesliga duo Elias Skiri and Aysal Aydouni and in front of them as ten. Maybe, maybe we'll see Hamza Al-Fi'a, who, uh, who, who is performing very well at the Serie A with Lecce. And at the front line, at the attacking line, um, maybe yeah, maybe we have Msekni in the bench, because with the age, you know, he's a legend, okay? And by the way, Msekni will be, uh, it will be his uh, eighth uh, AFCON, and he will be one of the players who, who participates the most at this competition. But with the age, he cannot play 90 minutes. So either he will play at the starter and then he will be subbed, let's say, at, at halftime, or he will be there at the 60, uh, or, uh, let's say, at the, at the last 30 minutes. So in front, we will have Elias Ashuri. We will have uh, Haytham Mijwini, who is one of the goal scorers at the, at the Tunisian League. And maybe we will have, uh, at right, he has, he has many options. Maybe we'll have Srarfi, who is performing great at the, uh, at the Tunisian League. Or maybe, uh, or maybe we will have, uh, maybe we will have Msekni at the starter. Very, very interesting. So this is the uh, this yes. is the I, I really love the the, the, the problem. Of, yeah, uh, it's it's not uh, it's not sure yet, but uh, these are the options available for Jal Qadri. Yeah, I, I actually like the I like the group of players. I think they're a lot of people maybe look at the clubs that they play for and maybe are not gonna. Are going to maybe underrate the Tunisian team, but I think it's always like this. Tunisia is more of a collective, but even the individual players, if you follow the Tunisian league, if you follow yes. some of the smaller leagues, uh, they're, they're very, very good players. Um, so if you had to pick one star player on this Tunisian national team, the first name that comes to mind is Yusuf Msekni, but like you say, he's in the last dying end of his career. If you have to, you have to pick one, you have to pick one at Who's the one star player? Definitely, Les Ashuri. Les Ashuri. Uh... He plays with Copenhagen in Denmark, and by the way, he's one of the uh, the best five dribblers at the UEFA Champions League this season. Uh, after Kvaratskhelia, after after Mbappe, and after Rafa Leao and and another player, so he is kind of uh, the technical leader of the national team. And uh, Tunisians are expecting uh, have uh, Tunisian uh, Tunisians have big big expectation from this player. Huh? I think that Lisa Ashuri will be the star of the Tunisian team in the in the five or ten even uh, next years. We have big uh, hopes in this player. I've only watched him maybe four or five times, but every time I've watched him, he's been very, very impressive. It's nice to see yes. the fresh energy that he provides and technical dribbling is, is incredible. Um, is, is there a chance that we could see Msekni on one wing and Ashuri? On, I know they both usually play on the left wing, but is there a chance, for example, we could see Ashuri on the right wing or no? Yes, uh, as Ashuri plays, uh, as Ashuri can play at the right wing, but Sekni is kind of complicated for him. 
And also, General Khadr tried to uh, to move him safely as Naib, as false Naib. So mm. you can, uh, we can try also Ashuri and Msekni as false Naib and uh, a right winger, okay. left footed right winger. So we can see him, uh, see him both. Almost finished. Second last section is a player that, you know, the general public in Africa or the general public internationally does not know, but will emerge at the African Cup of Nations and will impress. Uh, who do you think that can be for, for Tunisia? If he plays, I think that Srafi can be uh, the revelation. Maybe some of the African uh, the African supporters know him a little bit, as he was at the, at the national team before. And as he plays with Club Africa in Tunisia and he's performing in the at the CAF Confederation Cup. And I think that technically this player is one of the most talented and gifted players at the uh, in, in the in the last 10 years. He's left-footed, he's brilliant. So if he finds his uh, let's say if he finds his way to play, to express his talent, I think he can be uh, the revelation of the African Cup. Basim Srafi, remember the name. If he plays, he will be a, a real danger for the... We were expecting a lot from him when minutes. he moved to uh, OGC Nice in France at a very young age. And then he seemed yes. to, his career seemed to dip, and but he's finally at a level now where he's exactly. performing consistently again. Personally, I'm so, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy when I see him uh, fighting the pitch again and playing again, because I believe that this player is, uh, is really great. He's, he's really talented. Last question. Uh, I know you told me it's a, it's a prediction. I know you told me that okay. you expect Tunisia. Your prediction is the semifinals. Uh, I'm going to uh, ask it's, you it's the question. That's my prediction. Ah, that's the farthest okay. you think they can go. Is that what it is? That's what Jair Qadri said. Okay. The objective is to go the to, to the semifinals. Let, let me ask you the, the question a little differently. Okay. What would be a good tournament for Tunisia? What would be a bad tournament for Tunisia? And um, if you like, for example, say. Uh, the minimum is the quarterfinals is a good tournament for Tunisia, or you understand what's what's okay. what would be considered okay in the public opinion, what would be considered bad or a catastrophe in the public opinion? What's considered what will be considered uh, what would be considered okay for the uh, for the public opinion is going to the final at least, and even uh, yes because Jalal Qadri when he said semi-final, many supporters said. Uh, what he you said, guys, uh, we you guys are to, ambitious. We have to win the title. <laughs> yes, they said we have to win the titles, and and many Tunisians believe that we have to. We have uh, not. We can no, no. We have to to to, to bring it uh, bring it back home after twenty years. But I think that going to the final it would be great for Tunisia. And of course, the worst scenario is uh, is not qualifying for the for the second uh, stage, and it can happen. Uh, we have to. What about the round of sixteen? Whitiam the final, Tunisia is eliminated. Still a bad tournament, yeah? Still a bad tournament. And even quarterfinals, still a bad tournament for, okay. for Tunisia okay. because at the last, let's say, 10 or maybe uh, from, from 2004 to now, huh? 20 years, we've been qualifying one time to the semifinals. And for the other editions, we are disqualified from the group stage or from the quarterfinals. So it's it's not, it's usual. Sometimes that, that's why qualify. you can be a, a victim of your success when you're so consistent in making it to the same place every single yes. time. You can get bored with exactly. that success very easily. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Tunisia, you have, you have go... to make it to the next step. You have that's to right. make it to the next step. 
So the Carthage Eagles are going to Cote d'Ivoire with a lot of ambition for everybody listening. Uh, that was Arafat Hamrouni, a Tunisian journalist for food24.tn. I'm going to link his social medias in the uh, YouTube description below. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of the African Pipicide podcast brought to you by www.africasacountry.com. Uh, keep it locked because we're going to continue uh, previewing each of the 24 African teams that will be participating in the African Cup of Nations. And until then, we'll speak soon. Peace. All right.